Right to Bread podcast, episode number 153, interview with Andrew Lowe. You are listening to the Right to Be Read podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hey there, welcome back to the Right to Be Read podcast. It's me, Ani Alexander, and I'm really happy that you're back and you're listening to the podcast. I truly appreciate that. And as always, we will have yet another episode on time because I'm trying to keep up with the schedule. Uh, I'm also doing something really uh, new to me and um, quite challenging. I reached out to the email list. And by the way, if you are not on my email list, you're missing out periodically some stuff because I tend to send out some exclusive things out there. So if you're not, just go to my website, anialexander.com and subscribe to the list. So I emailed my list few days ago and I set up few one-on-one Skype calls with me because I really want to know my listeners better and it's been really amazing experience up to now. I love finding out new things about my listeners and it seems like I thought I knew who is listening to the show but somehow I'm discovering very surprising new things And I'm finding out that my listeners are not exactly who I thought they were, which is very exciting, which may lead to some changes. But anyway, um, it's really nice to talk to you guys. So get on my email list and periodically I will be getting in touch with you and giving this opportunity to actually communicating with me one-on-one and getting more intimate relationship and engagement with my audience, which I really love. Okay, so today we will be talking about something that I hate doing and about something that is inevitable and needs to be done even few times, not only once, after you've written a book. And if you've guessed already, we will be talking about editing. And today I am talking to someone who's been and who is on both sides of the story. And he is an author and a writer, as well as a professional editor. So we will be talking about the editing process, about author's relationship and the importance of author's relationship with the editor and how to make this process as smooth and less painful as possible. So today my guest is Andrew Lowy, who is an author and book editor from the north of England. Well, I mean, since I moved to England, I decided to get more guests from here because I think that um, my main audience is in the US. So it would be nice to sort of, you know, come up with fresh content and give you the opportunity to meet awesome people from the UK. So his writing has been published in several magazines and newspapers, including The Guardian, The Sunday Times and Men's Health. And he's worked in creative and digital roles with GQ, Vogue, Wired, and Total Film. He writes psychological thrillers, novels, and short stories. 
His latest novel, The Ghost, is the story of troubled film critique who finds himself menaced by the victim of a childhood prank. When he's not working on his own words, he's fiction editor who specializes in copy editing, but also offers developmental and structural work and copywriting. Okay, so as promised, we dive into editing and uh, we will try to make sure that you won't hate it as much as I do after this interview. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the Right to be Read podcast. Hi. Well, it's, it's really nice to have someone over who is like from both sides of the story. So you are an editor and a writer at the same time. So I guess you sort of, you know, have the perspective from both sides, right? Yeah, because I've been writing, I've been working with copy as a journalist for most of my career. And um, so I'm, I'm really used to, to cutting things down quite brutally, I guess, as uh, that's what journalists, you know, sub-edited editors have to do. They have to make things fit on the page. So I'm used to that as a discipline, which, um, and then I've brought that into books, which, um, you know, is a little bit more artful. You have to let things flow, particularly with fiction. So... But uh, I tend to be, you know, because I'm because I'm a writer myself. Yeah, you're right. It is really useful to have both uh, both views of the of the craft, kind of thing. Okay, so basically, uh, what's the development? I mean, you've been a journalist, and <clears throat> then you started writing fiction, and then you became an editor too, or you know, how did it go? Yeah, I was a journalist. I was a magazine journalist. So um, then I was, you know, I was writing books. Uh, thinking, what am I going to do with these books, these stories, and realizing that I was never going to be able to kind of carry on doing my work uh, as a magazine journalist and also have the energy and the creative, uh, you know, let fuel left in the tank at the end of the day to carry on writing fiction. So, you know, you're working with words and, and all day, and then you come home and try and work with words at the end of the day. So, you know, so I left work and I went freelance and you know, ultimately just kind of turned my attention to books and editing um, as a full-time thing. Uh, and now, obviously, you know, I edit and I'm trying to build my uh, career as a writer at the same time and also do some speaking. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it's sort of evolving as we speak, really. Mm, okay, I see. So, well, I mean, many people are in your position right now, like mm. in the position you were initially, who sort of, you know, uh, who would love to, to give up their job in order to have <laughs> the, the energy and, and creative um, environment for their books. So how easy was the transition? I mean, how, uh, how did you deal with that? Um, it, was, it, was, it was easy in a sense that, you know, I'd kind of, I put together. I'd saved a bit of money, basically. Let's be let's be honest. First. Okay. I'd kind of you know just tried to give myself a bit of a cushion, and um, I think I've sort of given myself a certain amount of time where um, you know I get to a point where I start to think now I need to be at a salary level, and um, you know I've worked all of that out, and so far so good. But you know it's kind of. It's all it's all a matter of scaling everything up gradually, you know, my speaking, my editing, making books from making money from books is kind of the thing that's almost taken a second, you know, second fiddle at the moment to, to the to the editing work. But eventually I'm hoping to bring everything into line. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it's difficult. 
Okay, so before we get to the editing part, let's, I mean, you man, you mentioned that you are building your author brand and, you know, your your, your yeah. writing career, uh, career as a writer. So, um, so when you were just starting, how, how did you deal with that? Because sometimes people are overwhelmed with the options and, you know, social media channels and all these choices they have to make. So how did you deal with um, getting your strategy right and how did you implement that from the very start well yeah my idea was to um just make the book as good as it could possibly be and that was my number one thing and not to worry too much about splitting myself across all the social media channels making sure i was showing my face on you know snapchat and and all all the kind of instagram and everything like that and i just thought that will come later i just thought the main thing i should focus on is to make the book as as good as it possibly can be and then from that point start to kind of you know build myself slowly and steadily because i see a lot of authors you know that, that a lot of authors say that they get overwhelmed by all the options by all the possibilities by all the voices telling them what to do and what not to do yeah um and so i just thought um it's all about what you don't do as well as what you do do in a way you know you have to be you have to be really careful to not um take on too many to not spin too many plates um you know because otherwise you just feel uh, you know you ultimately might find yourself in the position where you're on all these channels you're doing all your marketing you're doing all kinds of stuff and then you're thinking oh my god i haven't given myself enough time to actually do the actually write the books yeah. So, so I I started by, by just by focusing on the writing, and then um, once I was happy that the book, my first book was 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 as good as it possibly could be, then I started to get out there. But in terms of social media, I don't get on t- on Twitter and say please buy my book or you know <laughs> <laughs> or check out my book because you know it doesn't every- work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, everybody does that. So so if everybody's shouting with the same message then it's all just one big mosh, isn't it? And, and no one's really standing out. So I, so I try to be helpful. I try to be – I set up my social media to share kind of things with, with other authors that are based on writing tips or, you know, features that they could read about, you know, to improve their craft or to, to improve, you know, the way they do it rather than me just sit there and say, check out my book, you know, which is what everybody does. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so basically, cons- you concentrated on the writing and finished the book, made sure you're happy with that, and only yeah. then you went to you know different approaches to to actually promote the book, right? Yeah, well, I focused on Twitter, and I focused. Uh, I have a Facebook author page, but I still think, uh, and the next step for me is mailing list building, and that's going to be happening hopefully um, once my second book is out, probably towards early autumn. Uh, that's very crucial yeah because mailing list to me uh, you know facebook twitter instagram who knows where they're going to be in five years time and and so mailing lists for me are the key because as kind of flabby and you know as email is and annoying as it can be it's yours you know it's your platform you own it relatively speaking you know you have total control over it so you know what you can do, but it's then what you do with your mailing list. Again, if you're constantly bombarding people with um, weekly newsletters or, or whatever, you know, and it's all about what you do with that mailing list once you've built up your platform. And I think what I'm going to do is, you know, work on building my mailing list, but only communicate when I I've got something to say. Really, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, but well, I mean, it's, it's always challenging to find this right mm. balance because if you're doing it too frequently, people sort of, you know, uh, are inclined to click that unsubscribe button. Yeah. But yeah. on the other hand, yeah, but uh, on the other hand, because no one wants to, to, you know, to receive more emails than they already do, right? Yeah. But on the other hand, you know, if you don't do it frequently enough, then they may forget you at some point. So when they receive yes. an email from you, they don't even remember who it comes from. So it's, it's really this tiny kind of, you know, challenging place where you are at, where you sort of, you know, have to find the right balance to, to deal with mailing lists. And I think that, you know, uh, as opposed to what many are telling now, emails still work and work very well. Mm. So <laughs> it's it's yeah. definitely something that authors need to have. Uh, so, I mean, I, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking about your journey and I, I'm, I'm just thinking like journalism and fiction writing. Yeah. Do, do you think they contradict to each other in a certain way? Uh, no, no, I don't think so. I think what what journalism teaches you to do is um, structure. Structure is the key thing for me. With most books, most fiction, I think a lot of the a lot of the, the failings tends tends to be in the structure. Tends to be in the way the writer weaves the story together and builds the story around certain themes or you know repeating motifs or whatever. It's that's the most important thing to get right um, uh, because. You know the, the poetic content of the writing is is a wonderful thing, and you know it's the thing that keeps those beautiful sentences. They stick in your head. They you know they 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 just lift you. But um, I think you need to keep the reader uh, connected to the book, and the way that you do that is with was with structure. Is the way you construct the story. And journalism certainly taught me about how to um, structure things. You know, in terms of different types of writing, if you're writing a news story, for example, you get taught to, you get taught this thing called the pyramid structure, which is where you start with the very, very basic information, and then you slowly expand the information to, and then right at the very end, you have you know the base, which is the kind of the details that only people who are really interested in the story will have got to. So, so you know, it's like you start with the headline, and then you kind of expand it out from there. But if you're writing a, a longer feature, say, which is the thing that's most analogous to a fiction book, then you have to have some way in, some way out, um, and you know the bit in the middle. And the bit in the middle is the bit is the part that most authors struggle with, I think. And journalism has taught me to keep readers interested for that bit in the middle. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I see. So, um, I mean. Since you, since you are a writer and an author at the same time, are you the only one who edits your books? No, I edit. Uh, I self-edit. My process is that I write the first draft, and I try not to go back when I'm edit, when I'm writing that first draft. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always I'm just getting it down. I can't remember who said it, but I think an author said it's kind of like shoveling the sand, you know, and then yeah. you you know you kind of build you build it from there, and so. So once I've got through that first draft, then I go back uh, as uh, a, an editor. I go back for the first pass with my editor sort of hat on, <laughs> not literally. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I go through mechanically, you know, I go through the copy mechanically and I, you know, I kill all the repetitions and, the, and any of the kind of dangling sort of things, tighten it up 
and then I put it away for a bit, and then I come back to it one last time as a reader with a kind of reader's eye, um, and try and sort of step outside and and uh, just read the book as a kind of flowing story, and then I give it to the uh, copy editor basically, so I get a second pair of eyes um, on it, and then things come back from that and. Uh, as far as I can see, you know, it's pretty much ready for a proofread, and then that's that's it's kind of uh, publication ready. Okay, I see. So, so yeah, I do use professionals. I think that's a key thing that authors have to remember, particularly independent authors. Um, it's um, people call people say self publishing. I don't particularly like that term. I think it should be it's more of an independent uh, author because as a self publishing sounds like you do it all yourself. Which, yeah. <laughs> so which definitely isn't the case, is it? It's kind of, it's just that you are in charge of all the decisions. You decide whether the cover's red or blue. You know, you decide whether you use semicolons or not, ultimately. So, you know, you just have to be as evolved as possible in your in the way that you're making those choices. And that's up to you to learn your craft and to, you know, to be a complete, a constant student of the craft, really. And so you can make really good decisions. And that's it's not all, it's not all about oh, I'm self publisher I do everything myself I think it's just about making the right decisions and that includes the professionals that you hire as well yeah I, well definitely I mean you you can't I don't believe that just one person can be equally good at writing and editing no. and he can also design a cover and a format I mean it's it's kind of you know it's impossible to have that one person who knows all these things on a professional level so you definitely need people to help you out with that and uh, possibly uh, you know it's also good because you you should most probably spend most of your time writing instead of you know the other stuff yeah so uh, i think you live with the book you live with the story in your head for a while and then you get it out and then once it's out there uh you know on the page you've got the draft down then you should have someone else should come along someone you need another pair of eyes on it if it's only your eyes and your head of <laughs> this involved in the story from it's start. dangerous <laughs> yeah i think i think it's dangerous you could probably get away with it but i think very few very few writers have that kind of all-round ability to kind of step outside of their own work from beginning to end oh yeah definitely i agree with you there so um so let's move to the editing i mean i know many authors who said that working with an editor has been a pretty painful process for them <laughs> and and not just be, not because of the editor or uh, but be, rather because of the process because uh, it's very painful to see things go and you know to kill your darlings because right, you yeah. sort of you know you, you, as you said you lived with the book for a while you yeah. spent time and effort writing those things down and you're emotionally attached to the text somehow so yeah. then you you hire an editor he's very professional and i guess more professional he is more he cuts out <laughs> eventually so Possibly, uh, yeah. so it's it's very difficult to kind of you know mindset wise and emotionally to get used to this fact mm. so uh so many people sort of you know told that it was very difficult especially with their first experiences working with the editors when when their texts were kind of you know changed dramatically yeah 
and it was very difficult to absorb and it took them time to sort of you know realize that it's for good so um so what's your process i mean how are you do, do, is it like you know smooth and clear and uh, writers how do writers react when they see these changes in their tax uh i think that it's my process is that i talk to i want to be collaborative so i want to talk to the author a client um early on i usually skype as soon as I, as soon as possible uh the first thing i do though is i want to see uh, a snippet of, the, of what they've written maybe the first thousand words or something and then i can i can see what type of edit we're probably talking about uh and for me it's it's basically you know you're on a spectrum from um depending on where you are with the with the writing i think you're on that spectrum of you're either um you're either really early on after your your first draft, the initial writing, and if at that point you get to a stage where you think, okay, I've done some text and a synopsis, and I want someone to help me, then that's very early, and that's that's really developmental editing, and that's all about focusing on the story and the structure and the narrative, and that might help to kind of galvanise the author's ideas and um, to get them on to writing the first draft. And so once you've ri- once an author's written that first draft. Then and they've done all the self editing. Um, then I would suggest, I would suggest probably before they go, before they get to an editor, they at least maybe have a writing group or a critique group or a beta reader, who then who isn't their mom or, the, or their friend, who just reads it and gives them a gives them some feedback, and that might help with that final stage of self editing. And then from there on in, they may feel that the the manuscript needs some overall big picture help. With plot characterization, dialogue, uh, and and that may be that's the earliest point I like to work at anyway. I mean, I as far as kind of developmental editing, that really early stuff, uh, I'm happy to help with that. But I prefer to get involved once the author's kind of a bit happier with what they're writing and where they're trying to go. So, I I'm, from there on, I'll read it and I'll make lots of notes and prepare a report on all the key areas, you know, plot characterization, dialogue, style, um, beginning, ending. Um, and then the next level up for me is copy editing. And people talk about line editing and copy editing, but I think effectively line and copy editing are just two uh, more. Line editing is kind of a more intense uh, earlier version of copy editing, a bit more rewritey than copy editing. So, so it's kind of, so at that point, um, I'm essentially more looking at the mechanics of the sentences, you know, the style, consistencies, grammar, spelling. I'm fact-checking. I'm looking at vocabulary. I'm, I'm deciding with the author what they want. So the key thing, as I said, early on, I will Skype before I start doing anything. And I want to talk to the author about the book. I want to get their idea of why they've written it, what they want from it, what their hopes are. You know, is this just one book that they've been dying to get out for 20 years or is it just the beginning of a series? Or is it, that, you know, do they intend to have a career? It's good to get that kind of sense to sort of just talk about to the author about the book rather than just do everything over email because email, you know, is a little bit sterile in that respect. Yeah. So once so once I've had that conversation, then I'll look at the, I'll look at the first maybe, um, as I say, the first thousand words and I'll say, I can see where on that spectrum we're talking about. Some and some authors perhaps you know are a little bit woolly about types of editing. They might think, "Yep, yeah, I'm all done there. I just need a copy edit, and I'm ready to publish." And they're the ones who tend to get a nasty shock if I say, "Yeah, I think it needs a little bit more work." 
Um, but usually they're, they're, they're okay as long as it's, you know, all constructive. But um, once I've gone through that first thousand words and I know where we are, then I tend to do the first maybe 10,000 words and then Skype again, you know, have a conversation again where we will get clear on all the little points like, you know, right down to specifics like are we using double quotes, are we using single quotes for dialogue, are we using semicolons, are we using M dashes or N dashes, and then up to the, you know, stylistic consistencies. Um, is there anything I'm doing that is <laughs> they're finding they're having trouble with? Is there anything I should be doing that I'm not doing? And then once we've, once we've got over that point, then I just get my head into the book um, and then, you know, keep the channels open, really. I use Slack chat. I use uh-huh. Skype. I use... You know, what, however the author wants to be wants to get in touch with me, I just want to keep those channels open all the way through our editing. So I can ask them questions. They can, you know, they I can I'll tend to update them and say, you know, doing pretty well, really enjoying the read. Um, it's kind of it's this, it's that. So they get a sense, you know, that that it's being worked upon. I've heard authors I've heard authors tell me that they said they've worked with editors who, you know, the book goes into a black hole for four weeks and then it comes out edited. Yeah. Um, I can't, you know, I, I don't work like that. I, I'm much more collaborative. I want it to feel like, I want to feel like I care about the book at the end almost, almost as much as the author does. So, and authors tell me that they, they enjoy that because they feel it's it's a little bit of almost like a writing coach as well as an editor. And, you know, there's there's a, because I'm a writer myself, I'm interested in the story and the way that they're constructing the story and the structure. So I think, you know, I'm a little bit more perhaps... Uh, intimate, but more touchy-feely than some other editors. Well, I, I think, like, you know, listening to you, I, I realized, like, you know, you, you're sort of, you know, reinforcing my um, notion that relationship is the key. So mm. you, you're basically building relationship with Definitely, the readers. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's it's very important because um, very often the lack of that relationship is what causes this tension and, and this... Yeah. Uh, emotional sort of uh discomfort well the trust is that trust is important the relationship is important because um i heard someone say particularly with independent editors the way traditional publishing works is you don't really have much say over the cover and, and the editing and the, which editor you use and so um but i think independent publishing is the strength of using a freelance editor is is um you you get to develop that relationship much more closely and whenever i've worked with authors quite a few authors I've worked with have said to me at the end of it, they feel that working with me has improved the way that they look at their own writing and the way that they, you know, they see things now that they didn't see before. And because we've been able to be pretty robust in our discussions, you know, there hasn't been any sort of tiptoeing around anything because you've got a bit of a relationship with somebody, you tend to be, you know, happy to be a bit more honest with them. And they also equally tend to be okay with that a little bit more rather than if you're just a high and mighty kind of editor telling them this is wrong and that's wrong and then yeah so so i think that relationship's important i don't think it's a lot of authors i think are maybe suspicious that they're going to get told what they want to hear if they get a little bit too close to an editor but i think it's kind of the opposite you know i think it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah well i mean do you think you would be able to uh, follow this approach if you were only an editor um you mean if I wasn't an author? Yeah, I think so because um, 
I can't imagine not writing. You know, it's important. I've got like about eighty books I want to write in various stages, <laughs> as I'm sure all authors do. So that's the thing that sort of you know that's where my kind of heart is. And um, I, you know, I love reading. I love books. I love helping authors to improve. You know, I'm always thinking how I can improve. Everyone needs to have a growth mindset. You know, as soon as you hear somebody say, "Oh, I know all I need to know about that thing," that's they're the kind of people I just want to move away from. So. I, I want people to to be really open minded, and to think, you know, that they're, they're always going to improve. Everything they write is going to improve them. They're going to learn more all the time. So, I think as an editor, um, I do I, I do have to step outside a little bit of my kind of author mindset because when I'm writing, I'm in a very different place, particularly the draft, you know, creatively, and when I'm editing somebody. You know, I, I almost feel like I'm stepping into a kind of a coach role, definitely. Mm, I see. So, um, when you started writing your books, when you started writing fiction, what was the biggest challenge you you encountered? Started writing fiction. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me was um, getting it finished. You know, that's something that. Um, I wasn't I wasn't ready for. I thought, okay, it's gonna take a while and um but I know what I want to tell, I know the story I want to tell, I know how I want to tell it, um and the way I want to tell it. So let's get on with it. And I was really surprised that um that it it was such a kind of day by day thing, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. How, because I thought, I, in a way, the naivety was that I was going to sit down, write, and... And it would flow. And it, and was, it would yeah. flow, yeah. <laughs> and it would just kind of naturally pour out of me rather than I would have to sit down every day and do two hours without fail. And um, that's the difference. I mentioned before we started recording, the difference was that I just have to, um, <clears throat> you know, schedule things really carefully because... Um, I use a Pomodoro technique, which I don't know whether you know about yeah. that, which is a yeah. product mm. technique. But mainly because of so many distractions today, you know, I don't think I, I find it very difficult to turn everything off and just go, <laughs> like, ignore that. But I just turn my phone over and I turn off my notifications and I just get on with, you know, solid two, two to three hours of work. Um, and then what comes out of that comes out. You know, I don't think, oh, I've only written 500 words, I'm a failure. Uh, I meant to write a thousand and beat myself up. I just set aside a chunk of time and then just work within that chunk of time. I don't think my goal is to write a thousand words. Um, I know a lot of authors do, but yeah. Well, no. I mean, it's. Uh, have you noticed any any tendencies? Yeah. Um, well, I'm always writing, so I'm writing in my head <laughs> all the time. It's not just when I'm sitting in front of my computer. So. It's uh, like I say, I try to kind of get that two hour chunk, two to three hour chunk of time and then see what happens. And sometimes I come out of that time thinking that was great. Yeah, really happy with that. Um, lots of wo- lots of words physically <laughs> on the page. And then sometimes I come out of it thinking, okay, not that many words on the page, but I've moved things around. I've advanced things, you know, I've added this and ideas come from nowhere. And I, that counts as writing to me. So I think a lot of authors beat themselves up and set themselves these crazy goals every day. And um, I think it's more more about just making sure you definitely sit down and ring fence that time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of, uh, I, I have noticed, at least personally for myself, if I force myself to write something and I feel in advance that it won't come out well enough, mm. uh, even if I force it and it, you know, and I put things on, on paper or, you know, on a screen, eventually I go ahead and delete it later on and I rewrite <laughs> it. So, you know, sometimes there are days when I don't even write anything, but uh, I know that it's for good because otherwise, uh, you know, it wouldn't come out anything out of it anyway. So it would be just yeah. a wasted time. But I, I think that's all, well, it's all about the process. I think you are always developing as an author. You're always developing your process. And I think there's, it, it's going to take a long time. You know, I think what you're doing is you're fight, you're feeling your way, aren't you? You're not kind of, um, there's no manual where you read it and then you sort of learn it and you sit down and you, you're a fully formed kind of author. You're oh, yeah. always, you're always learning. You're always feeling your way. And what works for one author might be just a complete nightmare for another author. You know, I know authors who write on treadmills and things like that. And, you know, they, they dictate. I, I can't imagine doing that, but mm. for some authors it works. I know some authors who, you know, just their their output is um, their their word count output is extraordinary, and in terms of when they're writing a draft. But um, I I don't I don't sort of think I can't write by the yard. You know what I mean? I have to I have to sort of see what comes out in that in those little two hour periods. Sometimes a lot comes out. Sometimes I learn something about the book itself that makes me change things around or whatever. But that's all just part of the process. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I truly believe that it's very uh, subjective, and everyone has to experiment a little bit and find out what works best for him. Because, as you said, there are many different approaches and and different things work for different people so it, it all depends. And you know, until you try, you will never know whether it will work out for you or not. Yeah, and you develop. I think each each time for each book you write, you're going to develop, aren't you? You're going to think, okay, I did that last time, that didn't work very well, so I won't bother doing it this time. <laughs> that's that's the kind of key skill, isn't it? It's it's about what you don't do as well as what you do do. That's something that takes a while to kind of get used to, I think. Yeah, it's definitely, and I think it's it's in the right thing as well as you mentioned. We do need an open. Uh, open mind and kind of you know be more flexible in terms of you know how to do things and if you've written your first book in a certain way it doesn't really mean that you have to follow the same route and and you know you know try the same to do it exactly the same way as before so you know it's, it's yeah. always nice to try new things as well and I think that's what an editor can do for you as, as an author and an editor I understand that that kind of relationship. I understand how emotional what you've written, this, your idea, you know, your story, you know, perhaps a lot of yourself that you put into that. Into that, I understand the emotional connection to that. And what an editor can do um, is to is to coach you along, you know, to coach you through that, through through the process of getting down the best possible version of the story you're trying to tell. I see it as uh, sort of like a music producer where. You know, the band brings the creative and the producer is there to help them realise that vision in the best possible way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to make them sound like the best possible version of themselves. Yeah. And so, I mean, I think the one, one problem with editors uh, will just rewrite things in the way that they would do it if they were writing that book. Yeah. And 
I think that's a skill as an editor. You you learn to not do that. To you learn to kind of get an ear, sort of calibrate to the author's voice, uh, and to kind of work on work on the the tweaks and the little twists to make sure that you are sounding like you know you're still having the author sound like themselves and not like you. That's quite that's a very tricky skill. Mm, yeah, I see. Okay, so if we want to wrap it up, like you know, if if you were talking to uh starting writers who are just starting their writing careers and are in in the initial stage what would be uh the most important advice you would give them i would say structure i'd say spend spend plenty of time um working out how the story uh hangs together how it progresses how you start it how what's in the middle you know like i said with the journalism thing it's what how what's your way in And what is your way out? If you can start with your way in and you win your way out, which is what I always do, and um, and then start to kind of craft, you know, the rhythms in the middle and and how things are going to develop in the middle. Spend a lot of time doing that before you even start writing any kind of words, because otherwise you're going to find that you write yourself into all kinds of corners. And I think that's how books books ultimately fail. Um, that could have become perfectly decent you know books they the authors just kind of start the actual physical draft writing too early um so i would say just take your time over that kind of initial phase craft your story construct it um you don't have to follow all those templates about act one act two act three you know inciting incident here crisis moment here but they can be useful to get you to get you started with structure but i mean obviously we're talking about fiction here and if you're starting if you want your fiction to be you know 40 50 60,000 words up um to keep to keep a reader engaged throughout that kind of length that process you are going to have to make sure that the book has some kind of pace some kind of structure some kind of you know multiple rhythm to it and you're rewarding the author for sti- the reader for sticking with it in you know, there's little callbacks, there's little repeating themes, there's something that builds, there are surprises that are based on things that you've introduced early, all of those things. And that, that will come as you develop. But I think the most important thing to an early, for an early author is you might start, you might think I've got a killer idea here and it's crucial that you sit down and you craft that structure before you start in the draft. Mm, okay, I see. Well, thank you for coming over. It was really nice talking to you. It, thank it you, was, yeah very useful especially for those who who don't like the editing process and have challenges working with editors so we sort of yeah. you know covered that part a bit so it was nice um thanks for the chat and um i'll i'll have all your links in the show notes so people can go and check out where they can find you but you can also you know announce that uh here as well like where where we can find you as an author and as an editor yeah you can find me on um uh andrew low editorial which is um andrew low with me l-o-w-e editorial.com and also on at uh, andrewlowwriter.com i am actually going to get those all in one place because that's the problem with being around an editor you, you just i initially started with two websites and now i've realized yeah i need everything in one place with just my all my different <laughs> different flavors on one one site. So, but yeah, AngeloWriter.com, AngeloEditorial.com, and at AndyLow99 on Twitter. 
Okay, great. Well, thanks a lot. And thanks, I, I wish you success in, in the both fields. Yes. Thanks very much for the call. Well, okay, it seems like that's all that we had for you today. I hope you enjoyed the interview. I have more really cool interviews coming up. They are already recorded, so they will come up on time. Uh, but I will most probably also record a solo piece uh, to share my thoughts about different things that are going on in my head. Uh, I have them uh, very unstructured for now, so I'm, I'm just trying to put everything in place and most probably I will be coming back to you with some news and some changes and introduce you to my plans and hopefully you will be with me in implementing those new plans. Meanwhile, keep writing, take care and I hope to meet you in the next episode out.